you know, they're always looking at like, you know, all these multiple streams of income. And I was like, look at the one stream you have. Is it streaming or is it dripping? Because you don't want multiple drips. What's that supposed to do? You're just spreading yourself thin, you know? And a lot of times, like, you know, you might have uh, the digital aspect of your business might come about as you're focusing more inward on what you have, because you're going to see what your existing clients may want or need. And then you can create something that does make sense for them. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Three, two, one. Hello, friends. Maestro here, and welcome back to another episode of my favorite podcast today. I got with me not a once, a twice, but a thrice returner to the podcast. She's my cousin. She is who I refer everyone to who's in the massage therapy world, and they're looking to level up. They're looking to expand. They're looking to learn about their options. This is literally the only person who I refer them to. Like I said, I brought her on. This will be the third time I brought her on for episode 146. I brought her on mid-pandemic for our State of the Union for episode 256, and now she's on for episode number 353. She's been in the business for 20 years, folks. That's like a really big number. And we're going to talk about this next part. She will get booked out a year in advance. And I'm like, but ma'am, how do you deal with that? Like people are like, I'm going to wait for a year for a massage. Like what? Or they're just, you know, I got questions. She's got answers. So we're going to jump right on into it. Without further ado, welcome to the show, my cousin, Kiana Thompson. What's up, baby? What's up? How you doing? Living the dream. You got that blue Yeti going. I could hear you so well. I'm happy. I'm happy. Awesome sauce. Heck yeah. It's the little (laughs) things that make you happy. And I try to do the little things. I say, you know, let me step my game up and sound crystal clear for everybody. None of that, uh... AirPod mic just cutting in and out. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I can't you know hear the struggles. You. This, is so this is so 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 good. So, folks, if you want like the big background stories, Courtney, thank you in advance. We'll uh, link in the show notes, episode 146 and episode 256. But Q, I think it is you know in good practice just to give like maybe a little bit of a background for people that are like fuck those past episodes. I want to hear it now. <laughs> so a little bit of background about you, and then I got questions for you, yeah. homie. I got questions. I got you. Yeah. So um, like she said, I, I've been a massage therapist for over 20 years, and 10 years ago, I uh, over 10 years ago, I went into business for myself and was chugging away, and finally cracked the code to. Um, you know, building a six-figure massage practice. And I've done everything from mentoring massage students and graduates to having employees, to having a solo practice, to opening a practice in different types of environments, um, in gyms, in warehouses, (laughs) uh, makeshift rooms, all kinds of things, and and made it succeed without um, my name not even being on on the door. So um, wow. uh, I've, I've, I've built it literally from scratch and I've done it by completely being my authentic self. Um, and so now my purpose is to help elevate the massage community, um, and help other massage therapists and wellness professionals thrive in their business. 
I fucking love it. I'm going to jump right into this because you threw the numbers out and I love it. You got a six-figure business. I'm going to cut that in half because we got a question, a couple of questions from my good friend, Beth. And she wrote to me, let me just read it verbatim so I don't mess it up. Questions for Q with massage. I always have the, how the heck can an LMT make 45K to 65K? Is that even possible in a sustainable way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the thing is, is that I get that question a lot. Um, and I think as massage therapists, especially like we kind of, because there's a backstory, there's this old belief system that it's hard to make this money. It's just hard for us to see how to yeah. do it. But when you sit down and actually do the math, it's there. Um, and you really just, you know, my pricing method is really just like, you know, how many days a week would you ideally like to work? And let's not start mm -hmm. off with one or two. Like, let's come on. You know what I mean? Um, I like it. I like right. It. You know, if you're if you're yeah. if you're asking about like, you know, 40, 50,000 and not, you know, a, a hundred to a hundred plus K, then, you know, um, and there's other factors involved. But like, let's just say realistically, most massage therapists somewhere between three to five days and you want to see anywhere between three to five clients a day. Um, when you do the math a certain way, it's going to break down like how many clients you need to see or how many clients uh, or how much you actually need to charge per each client. Yeah. And so when you reverse engineer what your goal is and you break it down into how many clients you want to see, how many days a week, you'll get the number of how much you should be charging. And when you do For the sure. math, it's it's just right there. You know, sometimes seeing seeing 15 clients a week can easily generate anywhere between four to six K, depending on what you're charging. And, and a lot it. of the times massage therapists might see this number and that number might be anywhere between 125, 145 a session sometimes if they want to see like 12 clients or, or something like that mm -hmm. a week. And the reality is I'm like, I tell them, I was like, the simple solution to that is if you're uncomfortable with the number that you have to hit in order to hit your goals, I was like, then you just continue to add value so that you feel comfortable with the number. That. I want to talk about that. Sure. So we got a number 125 to 145, which realistically depends on where you're yeah. living. Like we can't, I hear a lot of this from the, from the physical therapy side of it, where it's just like charge more. And like, you have to, you do have to see what the market is holding. Cause it's a story that people are familiar with. Yes, you can charge more, but then you have to understand that if people are used to hearing this price point, you're going to have to do these things so that you they are like, okay, I will listen to this new story because right. I've heard this other story for so long of like $90, $60, whatever. I'm not saying you can't charge $300, but you're going to have to do more work to, to have people become okay with that that story. Mm -hmm. So if we're at $125, $125, whatever, whatever price point it is, and we're talking about adding value, what does that look like from a massage therapy so it's two parts because there's adding value to the client, but there's also um, adding value to your practice, to yourself as a therapist. And one of the things I coach um, a lot of my clients through is identifying like what makes their practice feel more authentic to them. And sometimes it's really just mm. breaking down like, do you like doing 30 minute massage mm -hmm. sessions? Do you like doing 60? Like, are you better at longer sessions? Things like that. And I'm like, so then just promote that promote longer sessions, you know, 75 minute, 90 minutes, maybe you have other skill sets, you know, we're human, we're all going to be multi passionate, but we're also multi talented. And a lot of times, especially in health and wellness, like we, we have this autonomy to be, to be creative and to bring creativity into our practice. And so a lot of us have other modalities that we pull from. And so highlighting that, whether that's reflexology, whether that's even like movement, um, uh, like uh, maybe do 
personal training or you do yoga, mm-hmm. but it can also be like somatic therapy or even like sound or aromatherapy mm-hmm. that you can infuse and create a whole nother type of session. Your sessions doesn't have to be 60 minute yes. massage. It could be very tailored to who your client avatar is, who your ideal client is, and also tailored to like what it is you like to provide so that in turn, you're, you're attracting more of the people who want what you have. And then you have a more fulfilling practice because not only are you doing what you want to do, but you're working with the people that you want to work with and that are benefiting the most by what you have to offer. Dude, this, I love it. You put it in there in your bio when you said it as well, that you have built this practice built this practice off of showing up authentically, showing up as your authentic self. And then you drop that again with speaking about how you coach your clients in making them feel, you know, what makes them feel more authentic or what is, what does feel more authentic to them. I love this. I want to keep going with yeah. this because you kind of threw in, um, you know, aromatherapy, reflexology, all those other things. And, and immediately my mind went to, I did a session once with this woman, Vanessa, who does light color sound sessions Mm. and it was there's like this thing this bed you lay on and there's like a it's not a harp I don't remember the name of it there's like an instrument underneath the bed and she you know plucks those strings and you get vibrations obviously through that and it was actually really really cool I did a whole podcast episode on it folks Courtney if you could link that that would be awesome but with this in terms of attracting people there's going to be an educational component and having to, you're never convincing people of the value, but you're looking to demonstrate the value and, and, and help people understand how the thing you're offering can solve their problem. When you're coaching people, what do you say to them or how do you help them actually tangibly convey that value of something that maybe isn't as traditional, like using aromatherapy? How do you have them tell this story? Is it that's on their website. It is the things they say in person. What do you coach them? Yeah. So a lot of that stems from being very clear about like who this is for Um, and understanding that again, that client avatar. And so you want to get that first because you need the messaging to align. And once you have your messaging aligned, then like how you market it is just going to make so much more sense. And then you're able to be cohesive across the board, what you're saying in your website copy, the things that you're putting in, you know, your social media or your blog or article postings, um, uh, you're highlighting certain testimonials that use those certain keywords so that the people that it's for are able to identify that it's for them. Right. For sure. I love that. You were speaking the same language (laughs) here. How, how important does you built, you and I agree on this and you, you're an in-person business or you were an in-person business. And so, you know, word of mouth is paramount, but it's also 2022. Mm -hmm. How important is a website? How important is, SEO, you threw blog posts in there. Are you encouraging folks to be using these online uh, portals, pathways, whatever, as as part of their their business? If it's authentic to them, right? Like if you enjoy writing it, yeah. over being, you know, on video, then yeah. Be, the reality mm-hmm. is, like you know, I've had this conversation before when. In business in general, like there was a time where if you didn't have a website, you weren't a business. And then if you didn't have a social media presence, you weren't a business. And I think the future is if you don't have some sort of digital arm or component to your business, that's going to be really vital. And so having a website and um, having a social media presence, I think are just now staples. You know what I mean? Um, But it's also just plays into like your social proof. Like 
it's just reality. Like we have to remind ourselves what it's like to be a consumer and then, you know, position ourselves to like, if I was a consumer for my own business, how would I search this business? You would be going on Google. You would be going on Yelp. You would be checking out their website. You'd be looking at the reviews. You, you know, if you, if you frequent um, Mm -hmm. Instagram, then you're going to check to see if they're on Instagram. If you frequent YouTube, you're going to see if they have a channel. These are just the natural flows of like how people do research and, you know, check out um, and learn about other businesses and people and, and things in their community and in their neighborhood. Um, And so I just think like, you know, it's one of those things that it's just now part of the staple uh, that you should just have a presence on there and then, you know, dive into or put more effort into the areas that um, just seem a little bit more natural to you. Yes. I love how seamlessly you just integrated what many feel is a big change, what many are very resistant to, and you're just like, this is what you do. And I'm, I'm like, yes, that is totally <laughs> <laughs> But there's, I know that there's this internal pushback from people of like, listen, man, it's 2022. And I totally agree. These, are, these things are just like a part of running a business where it's just, you have these things now you have this digital side of things you have a website nothing nothing needs to be like pay ten thousand dollars for this website but like you have these things and it becomes part of the business i love you just like said that so seamlessly <laughs> and so matter of fact like there's no room for like but 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 what about you're just like this is how it is and you're very kind in saying it too like this is just how it is do you get pushback at all from people about like but I live in a small town or, or anything like that. Not really. I mean, a lot of the times it's like, you know, they, they would have something where it's like, like I have clients like, uh, it's just with massage, it's just so in the States, it's so different state to state. And then internationally, mm-hmm. it's so different. So I had a client in like mm-hmm. Tel Aviv in Israel. Oh. Right. And so, you know, what, what their scope of practice and, and everything like that's a little bit different. So their marketing might be a little different. Like apparently, you know, they're a lot more bigger on like Facebook pages um, mm-hmm. and promoting that way. And like, you know, through um, like, we might have like different types of social media channels and they yeah. might rely more on like WhatsApp. So it's a little different, but it's also totally. just yeah. tapping into like, well, what do you do? You know, totally. how do you go about these things? And yeah, it is matter of fact. And honestly, especially with the massage community after the, after, you know, COVID hit, it was a big slap in the face where it's like, there's no security in what you're doing. Like mm-hmm. it, who would have ever thought, I don't think any of us would have ever thought that the government can come in and be like, one, mm-hmm. you can't work. And two, we're mm-hmm. not telling you for how long. And three, we're not helping your ass either. Yeah, right. And so it was, was very scary. And I think it tapped into a longstanding underlying thing in a lot of health and wellness professionals out here of, um, you know, that scarcity mindset, that, um, that unreliable income, um, feeling that, that kind of ties in with with, uh, massage a lot and it hit a chord. And so now you see a bunch of people, you know, jumping ship and trying to like go online and do all these online businesses. Um, when the reality is I'm like, you know, you have something that works really well right now. And it's really all about like looking at what's working for you and doubling down there. A lot of people will hit me up and say, you know, they want to seek coaching because they want 
um, to be more present online or to have, you know, to build their following on Instagram. And their question is, I'm like, well, are you currently getting your clients from there? I'm like, no. I'm like, where are you getting your clients from? Oh, referrals and things like that. I'm like, so, that. so put the energy there. That, that cue, that. I, my freaking coach Instagram, you know, as part of my business. And that's one of the first thing I'm saying, like, where are your people coming right. from? You don't need to be like all up on this. Like, go ahead and have a presence there. Like put something on there. But it's, why would you be going wild over this? If the majority of your clients are coming from in person, if that's the case, double down. Double down. Yes. Yeah. I mean, even I, for myself, you know, I, I, I love Instagram and I had to really get honest with myself and I was like, I love Instagram as a consumer, <laughs> you yeah. know, not necessarily as a creator, but I have a page so that again, it plays into my, my social proof. It's there for the clients that do come to me and are also uh, fans and consumers of Instagram. Then I have my presence there. Right. Um, but the reality is there. a lot of my inquiries aren't coming from Instagram. That's not where I put my focus when it comes yeah. to acquiring new clients. Totally. Q, I want to back it up a second because you nailed it with this in terms of, you know, part of the, the government putting their, their fingers in things is perhaps a whole different fucking convo. But the reality that, not even reality, the uh, occurrence when people were like, hey, massage therapists were like, hey, do I have the safety that I thought I had? How did you address that? Like, what is what is the way that we create that safety? We future-proof ourselves, knowing what just happened and what, what, what all occurred. Are there things that you changed in your business? Are there things that you encourage people to implement in their business? Yeah. So um, when it came to my business. So once I was able to like reopen, um, what I saw last year was like cash flow wise, there was some issues because mm -hmm. I still had to honor all of the uh, packages and gift certificates or whatever was sold previously in 2020. And so yeah. it was a bunch of like IOUs. So, um, uh -huh. so that, you know, my, my six figures took a massive hit. <laughs> Right. Mm -hmm. Got um, it. Even yeah. though my workload was the same, I also took last year to kind of reduce my workload so that I can put more focus and energy into um, what is the digital aspect of my business, which is the coaching. However, coaching was something I was doing prior to the pandemic. Um, and yeah. so what it made me do was just with the pandemic happening, it just, um, I took my time. I continued to work with clients and really just kind of hone and shape what I wanted um, my coaching practice to look like, how I wanted the platform to play out and, you know, the, and working on the transformational arch and ensuring that I'm still getting results. And so I, I would suggest like this time was also the time that I, I just fine tuned everything, even in my actual mm -hmm. massage practice. Like I said, last year, I noticed there was some cash flow hiccups. And then, you know, I had to take account for people getting COVID. <laughs> there, there was yep. no season. It was just all the fucking time. Yep. Right. And yep. so I had to like, you know, reevaluate my client experience. I had to reevaluate my policies, my cancellation policies. Um, I had to put certain things in place when it came to like my manual of operations, like how I was going to go about if someone told me that they were exposed um, if someone told me oh that they God. traveled and so now, so, and then I also noticed last year, once I was able to reopen every, the floodgates open, like everybody wants to book. And I just happened to book out so far in advance. I booked out a year in advance last year too. And so taking all of that information into this year, 
what I did, like I said, I, I was just tinkering around and just kind of honing everything in. And so I, I created another model for my business, which was I created a membership model for my business. I noticed I Got went it. back yep. into the data and looked into like who I was seeing the most frequently and came up with yep. a spreadsheet of all the clients. And I started with the clients who I saw the most frequently, whether that was yep. weekly, biweekly, monthly. And I started with them and I went ahead and pre-booked them out. Uh, put them on a subscription so that um, I put half of them on a subscription because um, I didn't want all my money coming in on the first. Yeah. So I put half of them on a yeah. subscription and then like half that. of them on another program where I have their um, their credit card on file. And so that way cash flow is still coming in throughout the rest of uh, the month. However, it just makes it a whole lot easier for me to know like I have this amount to count on every month. And then this amount is coming in throughout the month and helps me like do a lot more um, like financial projections and easier for me to make decisions and freed up my time so that I can have days off where I'm working on just the coaching business and then days off for myself. Mm-hmm. Dude, tell me a little bit more about the subscription slash membership model and what that looks like. How'd you pitch it? What exactly does that look like? Because it's a big thing. Uh, we've seen physical therapists go to that as well. You know, I think that a lot some people in the performance space have been doing it. Have a gym, then you have you know, a membership at it. Uh, but people are like moving in that direction. What does that look like as a massage therapist and, and in your business specifically? So in mine, I think it might be a little different than like franchise. Mine is just a lot more personal to me. I mean, it like a lot of my a lot clients, of- mind you, I've, I've, you know, I've been in a therapist for over 20 years. I've had this practice for over 10. So it's to the point where like, I just memorize my clients at this point. Like I've seen them mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. frequently and for so long. And so when I started with my clients who I see the most frequently, these are clients who all I've already put through like my red velvet rope policy, who's already, you know, meets the standards for me as an ideal client. And so one of those is, is their consistency level. These are clients who don't typically have a history of canceling, right? So it's something that I can rely on. And so I put them on subscription. Um, and then the other people who um, I have just their their credit card on file. This was also a way for me. Several years ago, I had a different scheduling system, and I had all these existing clients just move over. And then when I had new clients, I was able to capture everyone's credit card. So when I made this transition, it allowed me to go back through all the clients who I'm currently seeing and will see throughout the year and get all their credit card information on file. So then that way, it just it shortened my. Um, my like uh, the time between clients that I have to like flip the room because, you know, we have all this cleaning protocols, but when you're a solo practice, rebooking them, you know, um, going over the reassessment, taking oh, payment, yeah, it yeah. eats into your time. But like totally, all of that's yes. automated. Yes. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. Yes, 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 yes. That makes total, total sense. And then sense. I still just find ways to make it easy for them to add tip, you know, add a, mm-hmm. extra sessions, things like that. It's already there. And then because I have such flexibility in my schedule, what I did was I just, I put in built in days on my, on my weeks for if and when either one of us aren't able to make the appointment, I don't have to try to fit them in on my regular days um, because it's already booked out, which is something I learned from the previous year. So I have, I have built in makeup days in my weeks because I don't know if I'm going to go on vacation next September right now, either. We just booked all the way out. And so it goes both ways. So if I have to cancel or they have to cancel, that's a perk that I gave them. If their subscription, it's not a perk that they have. If I just have their card on file. Got it. And so I want to dig deeper into this. 
with this subscription. Um, did you have to pitch this to them? Like, what did that no, look like? I just like? told them this is what's happening. <laughs> oh, damn. And they were like, yeah, okay. I mean, you know, like I said, this this business only works. I'm only able to be the best therapist I can be for them if this business serves me too. And it has to serve me first. And my priority gotcha. was making sure that I had the cash flow and I had sustainable income. Gotcha. Right. And so my thing is, I was like, and it wasn't hard. It sounds harsh the way I said it. <laughs> I think about I it. I was know, like, I this is what you. it is. No, but, but really it's, it was more so like, this was already what was happening. I was like, instead of you pulling yeah. out your card every single time, it's just going to be charged and yeah. it's all good. I was like, and that, you come that. so frequently, you never cancel. Like there won't be, yeah. and if you ever had to cancel, I was like, we never have to worry about trying to find a day. We'll have a day for you. And these are the days. Are you Got good it. with that? Yeah. Perfect. Boom. Got it. Okay. So do you ever, do you foresee yourself or have you already kind of, and I'm going to use the word again, pitch this to newer people? Because this is a model that works phenomenally and you could seamlessly transition into it because you had these people, you know them, you know their schedules, they know you, they love you, they've been coming to you for 11 billion years. Is this something that you put on the table for newer people or is that like, now they got to like, have been coming for like six months. So I know that they're like, well, for me, no, because I don't have room in my schedule for new clients. It's one of those, it's a, it's a cash 22 where like you get to a certain point, but then like when you, you know, because we're in such a helping industry, it hurts. It hurts not to be able to have space in my calendar for all these people. However, like I also don't want to get in the way of them finding the right therapist for them. And right now, if, if they can't see me on a regular basis or when they need to, I am not the right therapist for them. Yeah. You know, and so is, uh, even if I did have space, yeah. it probably would not be something I would put, I would offer to newer clients. I would just offer to, you know, um, there's a, a lower rate if you just have your card on file. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and that might be an incentive that I can give them. However, for me, like I said, I'm like, I don't have space in my, in my calendar for that, but I, I want it. I don't think I would offer that subscription to new people because the part of it was also everyone on subscription. I kept their rate the same because my rates gone up. Mm -hmm. And so I kept the rate the same for them because I really didn't feel like I'm happy with my rate. I really didn't need to, but if people, if they want to bring new people in or, cause I was also seeing like they would have people take their place, you know, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So if you're on subscription, it's already paid for, but if you're not, then Hey, your friends got to pay the new rate. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. I love all of this. So many things that you said that I want to kind of just tease out or highlight in case uh, the audience is just like, holy shit, and didn't catch them. <laughs> but also rewind and listen to that part again. One of the things that really stands out, because I see the opposite happening in PT, is that you were like, I don't want this for the new people. I want this for my current people, my OGs, my people that are, because it's a two-way street there where you can count on them, they can count on you, and this is where this model fits. I see it pitched a lot in the physical therapy space as like everyone that comes in, and I see it as very off-putting because someone comes in, especially with PT, they come in for a specific injury or issue, and they're getting pitched this like subscription, and they're like, but can you just like help my back pain? Like I I don't want to be here forever. So I love that this isn't like right off the bat of this thing of like, hey, you're going to be here forever. And like, we're going to try and get all it's that tends to be, in my opinion, benefit the the business owner more than the consumer. So I love that you're like, hey, this is a a specific demographic within my practice that I do this Mm -hmm. for. And the second part with that, I love that you are reframing it, flipping the script on the volume. I think that people get so focused on new new clients, new clients, new clients, new clients, and you are really dis- 
diving in, doubling down on your current clients. Yes, we want, you know, new people are coming through, but I love that you have really capitalized and look to, you know, be have it be beneficial for them as well, that you have this set demographic that is, is loyal and you're loyal to them and you're focused on that, like the value of having this, you know, I don't want to say small because that always sounds bad, but like this, you're not like, I need 97 billion people. It's like, these are my people, however number that is, and we're running the business and we're crushing and providing the service for them. I freaking love this. Freaking love this. And you took into account the the time that gets eaten up with the logistical stuff is so in doing that and kind of automating some of that, is that instead of having an admin, do you have an admin person? Like, what is that? How does that run? Yeah, because we know at the space that I'm in, I share the space with uh, like two other massage therapists and we each have our own business, but we don't have like a shared reception. And so some of these gotcha. places will have that person. And I do have stuff like on like virtual, like a reception service and things like that. But when mm-hmm. we're in person, I'm not going to divert them to go outside of me and they're face to face. And so having this as an option, even if you just keep their card on file, you know what I mean? It just makes it so much faster and easier. Um, And then that way I had the option if I wanted to still keep an hour between clients for myself, or if I can, I'm comfortable now, you know, bringing it into 30 minutes between, because I still have time for all the sanitation and things like Mm -hmm. that. And it's, it's not taking 10, 15 minutes to wrap them up. Gosh, I love this. I love this. (laughs) So, so, so much. I love this. I just, we are at a time where, you know, I truly believe we're alive in the best time because we can do so much on our own. Like, we guess we can hire people and things like that, but like, we don't need like a massive company to do something. We can run our business and we run it however we want to be running it. And it's still very legit where you can have this kind of co-working space. You don't need to necessarily have the reception, typical reception area. And it's fine. Like, does it fit for your style? Yes. Okay. Then you run it and you deliver the best service that you can deliver. I freaking love that. What do you do for laundry? Random question, but like, I know it's like a big thing. Yeah, no. You send that out? Yes, I use a laundry service. I used to like do it myself in the morning because the difference in what I was paying if I did it myself versus the laundry service is kind of massive. But, um, (laughs) But I was tired of telling myself that I enjoyed waking up early in the morning to beat out these large families to fight it out over the two large washers. Um, and then, you know, that I loved listening to podcasts while I fold these sheets for another hour. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, who the fuck am I kidding? No, I don't like none of this. And so (laughs) I don't like none of this. And so I use a laundry service. It's awesome. The laundry service, um, has a 24 hour turnaround. If you need, uh, they pick up and drop off um, wherever I tell them to pick up and drop off at. So like a lot of times I just leave the bags in front of my drive, in front of my garage door. I'm just like, pick it up out there. Oh my God. Yes. Done. All of this, mm-hmm. all of this. Q, I want to, this is not a different direction for the conversation, but I want to talk about diversifying revenue streams. Cause you've had a bunch of different jobs. We were talking a little bit, a bunch of different, uh, I don't want to say jobs, a bunch of different ways that you've been running the mm-hmm. business. Uh, a bunch of different revenue streams. And then we talked a little bit about this before we hopped onto the podcast at this particular, this particular episode with the advent of Rona and things having to change. And you, you said it earlier, people were like, dude, if I can't do this, what can I do? 
Yeah. Well, the reality is I'm like, like I said, with our, with our industry, we're blessed that we have all this autonomy to be creative. And so I did, I tried, you know, I was like, well, what does it look like? What, what could I do to bring massage online? And so I tried, you know, bringing in some, uh, you know, a virtual session where I'm going over, you know, what's the ailment and, you know, how we can do, how we can kind of, you know, resolve this with um, some guided self massage and, you know, the things that I had in, in my toolbox here. And and then me personally, I just didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like yeah. doing it. I was like, I'm hot. I'm sweating. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Um, so I just didn't like it. And so I scratched that. Um, but the reality is I'm like, unless you have something else that you can bring to the table um, online. So if you, you know, you do something else, you're a yoga instructor or do something else in movement, something else that you can coach or teach online and you don't have these skills, the reality is I'm like, then you need to acquire them. But while you're acquiring them, you need to go get a job. And, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with like you. It's just a stream Love of it. income. It's just a stream of yeah. income. And you can have that stream of income because of the coronavirus. I think we've seen such a huge uptick in all these work from home positions that did not exist before. And so yeah. you can still work for Apple or Gap and, and do um, some form of work from home position um, from there True. so that you have the flexibility that you need. But the reality is I'm like, if if it were to if I was wasn't coaching and was just doing massage and I was forced to shut down again with no end in sight, um, I would need and I didn't have a savings or anything like that. I would need to get a job. I would need another yeah. source of income. And there's, it's completely, I mean, I, we saw that there's a lot of, um, what is it? Rideshare people went into ride shares and like Instacart mm-hmm. just to kind of keep flexibility. And we have to be thankful yeah. that at the time that this happened, we have these options that provide so much yeah. flexibility. Yeah. Oh, I love the, the honesty that you bring to that. And the fact of the matter is like create some safety in your mm-hmm. life. You got to do the thing so that you have a roof over your head and we can be still working on this other thing and creating this thing and then building this other thing that really fuels us and, and sustains us. Because that was one of the hardest things across the board. And you, you nailed it earlier. Like we're in the helping profession. And when people lost that ability, that's that's huge. Like when you can't do the thing that like really brings you a, a sense of worth. And that, I think there's nothing wrong with finding a sense of worth, sense of purpose and helping others. Like that's actually phenomenal. I mean, that got taken away and it was like, no, you can't treat. No, you can't see people. It was like, holy shit. Like this, this is a big deal. I do believe that there is an inherent future proofing in having this skill set, this manual work skill set. Because nothing will ever, imp- nothing will ever replace in person. No, ever. I don't care about the metaverse and all that shit is coming. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing will ever replace it. So, I also want anyone out there that is a body worker in any way, shape, or form, does this, imp- does any kind of in-person work, to also understand the inherent value of it and really look to communicate that because people do want that. Yeah, they really do. They will always want that. Can you speak to that actually, yeah. Q? When when people were able to like start coming back in, you know, COVID yeah. times, what were they saying? What were they, what was your experience? My with experience that? was, like you said, I firmly believe I'm like, there's nothing that's going to be able to replace what it is that we do. We do have a future proof, um, yeah. um, 
career on our hands, right? Yeah. We have future-proof businesses. When the government gets involved, you know, it shakes things up exactly. for sure. Exactly. But nothing will replace that. However, I also felt that it was a huge opportunity to double down on what makes us so unique. And that is because we're able to really have a human experience with our clients. Mm -hmm. And I always encourage my clients to like, you know, to break out of, especially like new grads, to break out of this transactional robotic responses that you have to people um, because you're uncomfortable or you're, you know, I'm like, say what's up if that's natural for you, mm -hmm. you know, you know, don't yes. have to be this like uptight, you know, your version of what you think professional looks like. I just need you to be you. Like that's what separates you from everybody else. Be more you, M-O-A-R, more, right? There and so, um, yeah, and so <laughs> when I was able to see clients, like I said, I doubled down on um, providing that human experience. And so that's partly why I started having, instead of 30 minutes between clients, I started having an hour between clients. So I can provide time and space for us to have human connection and conversation that wasn't just about what hurts. It's like, yeah. how are you been doing since your husband passed away from COVID? Yeah. You know, how was it burying yeah. your, your, you know, having to bury your mom and not being able to be at that funeral? Like it was yeah. deep, hurtful. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we all been affected one way or the other with, with uh, COVID. Um, but it's just, it's just nice to know. I'm like, well, like just being present with someone is a gift that one, they huge. didn't get that entire time during shelter in place. Yeah. A lot of them. Yes. You know, and so um, making time and space to do that. And I needed it too. I felt like I'm like, oh, I need connection. I need, yeah. you know, one, I need to be in person with people, you know? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And so, so yeah. So I think um, that is one thing that really helps, especially like massage therapists, I would say, because I was like, it's one of those professions where I was like, we don't leave the room. We don't leave our clients. Like our hand is on mm -hmm. them at all times. The whole the time. The whole time. And the reality is that whether we want to admit to it or not, or if it sounds woo-woo or not, I was like, are, we're laying hands on people. I said, there's a like energetic connection there. hundred percent. You know, hundred yeah. percent. And I was like, so let's lean into that more. Let's, let's be human 100%. with each other more and more empathetic in all the things we feel we're not getting in our world right now. hundred percent. All right. It's a perfect segue actually, because Beth had asked about this and I think it's just something valuable that you could share uh, with the audience. And this is for PTs, anyone that, that does any kind of human work, how did you, how do you protect, conserve your energy? There's, that's, a, that's part of the reason I left pelvic floor physical therapy was that it was just so much and I was so drained at the end of the day from taking things on. And yeah, you're like supposed to, you know, create despair and things like that. But like, I was obviously not very good at that. And at the end of the day, I was just like, I am fucking tired. Do you have strategies and things that you coach your, your folks on in terms of managing that and protecting that energy? Yeah. You know, a lot of it is, you know, being self-aware on and, and being able to identify what it is exactly that's draining you. And sometimes mm -hmm. it could be uh, the client itself. Sometimes it's the environment. And so the reality is I'm like, you know, let's control what's actually within our scope to control here. And a lot of times it's like, you know, people get stressed out about having to have conversations that they don't want to have to have or saying no to clients or, you know, having to charge them for that late fee. And so it's mm -hmm. really just about, I was like, well, let's put, let's design your systems and processes around that so that you don't have to have this conversation so that yes. they are aware. So that it does automatically deduct. I was like, you know, and a lot of that is too, is like being able to 
you know, having, having the flexibility to present ourselves as ourselves as a person and then ourselves as a yes. business. Cause sometimes presenting ourselves as a business, is something I can kind of hide behind. I'm like, well, we don't yeah, yeah. typically, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we have a policy in place, you know what I'm saying? And it helps. And I was like, use that to your advantage, you know, but yeah, it's really identifying, you know, what it is that's making you feel that way. And then creating things in your business um, uh, to be preventative and to kind of not necessarily like put the hand up and, and say no to someone. But I was like, you know, you kind of want to be like a, a bowling alley bumper and kind of divert them yeah. and direct them um, through your business in a certain way that uh, relieves the stress and anxiety from you. Um, yeah. But uh, that's usually what I end up coaching them through. And so, you know, once we kind of get clear on who it is that um, their services are for, you know, who their ideal client is, their their messaging, how it is they want to present their business, what it is they want to showcase about their skill sets, their strengths. And we get the messaging around that. It's like then we build the systems um, that that align with that and that support that. Cute. That was not at all the answer I was expecting. <laughs> and it is so... I'm, as I'm sitting here, I'm just like, actually, fuck yes. Like, this is the same discussion that we have about burnout, where most of the time when someone's burned out, it's because they're doing too much of the shit they hate and they're not doing enough of the stuff they love. I've never heard someone say I'm burned out of like this thing that I freaking love. They may be tired. They may need a little like a little bit of a break, but I've never heard someone use that phrase. It's when it's the stuff that we don't want to be doing. So I love that what you just did there. And I'm, I was actually putting myself in the position and thinking about that because for me, that was the, the difficulty with the energy and energy management when I was a pelvic floor physical therapist, when I was a physical therapist treating in general. And that was honestly, cause I like, didn't really love all of it. Right. And I think about it now I have these long calls, these coaching calls. I am at my desk, you know, all day. I am, we do have these deeper calls depending on what's going on with that person's life. And I'm still ready to go and do it again. I, I do it Tuesdays and Thursdays. So it's not the next day. If I had to do the next day, I could, but I'm ready to go again. Whereas I think back to physical therapy and it was so tough because of all those other things. Like you just, that is, that's such a great reframe. Even just the, the transaction part of like, do you not like having to take the money? Which I don't. So I I automated that yeah. shit. Like you sign up for a session, it happens via the computer. I don't have to deal yep. with it. I love that cue. That is, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because you also like, so I've always believed, like, I, you know, I work for Rock Tape and uh, we sell, the, they, the company sold tools and things like that. And then the tools work. But I would always say, and I teach in the classes, like they don't work in my opinion, as fast as your hands, because there is an energy barrier. You have like this metal tool in between you and that person, which can be helpful for you, but it's not the same as you touching someone that works, but there is definitely an energy barrier. But in that same vein, when we're thinking about protecting your energy, that is also, in my opinion, what makes body workers amazing because there is that energy transfer. There is that human experience that you are creating. So to think about like, how do I dampen that or buffer that? I think that's actually problematic. I love that you were like, hey, that's the good stuff. That's what you do. It's likely this other shit that you're doing that's taking the energy and you can't actually like be recharging. And so you're just completely depleted. I love that. Yeah. Here. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> a lot of times, you know, I've had clients where it's like, you know, how do you, how do you end on time? And so I'll give them the tactics. I'm like, this is, this is the framework I use to make sure, you know, I end on time. 
But really the issue wasn't that they needed some tactical advice. The issue was underlying in where they feel like they need to provide more during the session because they feel like what they're doing Mm. is not enough. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I mean, like, you have to identify, like, what's the root here? It's it's not like, oh, I, I just can't end on time and, and it stresses me out because then I'm rushing and, you know, I, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm not connecting with my clients and I'm always stressed out. And I was like, well, if you if we identify, like, where's that that not enoughness coming from? Yeah. Right. When we yeah. address that, like, what can we put in place like what's within our, our, our scope right now? What can we put in place to kind of support you and making you feel like it is enough? And sometimes it's redesigning yeah. your session so it's longer or it's yeah. being able to design your session so that your client understands like what modalities you're going to include so that it alleviates your hands sometimes or whatever yeah. the case may be. Um, it's it's restructuring how you reassess them so that you're educating them and you're talking with them about you know, uh, what their chief complaint was and how you addressed it, what it meant um, so that you guys are on the same page and you don't feel like they didn't get what they wanted out of it. Sometimes it's it's changing your intake form and asking the question, like, what are your expectations from today's mm-hmm. sessions? Because asking like, you know, you know, what's your chief complaint? You'll, you'll think they'll say, oh, my neck and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, what's the goal for today? Like, you know, what, what yeah. is it that you want to get out of today's sessions? Like, I just really want to relax. It would completely change your approach. Totally different. Totally yeah. different. Totally different. And so sometimes it's these little things where it's <laughs> totally like, different. had you known that, would you still feel like you're not doing enough? That this folks, this little, I don't know. I, I didn't even look at the clock. I'm just looking out the window into the skies being like, yes, <laughs> preach. Whatever, however long that that Q's talking just was, go rewind and listen to that again because that is applicable applicable for any and all professions. That is huge. Yeah. What are the expectations of your client? What is the goal? And then you can focus on that because I know all too often, especially because we're in a helping profession, but oftentimes we want to help them with something that they don't actually want the help with. They're like, I can get you back to running a marathon. And they're like, I just want to like actually be able to walk down the stairs. So if we could like do that, that would be great. I love that you brought that up. Can we continue with that? Because Beth had another question. And you dropped in there about educating the person about kind of like what's happening, the root of things. Not all professionals are built equally. It doesn't matter what the profession is. Massage therapy, PT, personal training, doesn't matter. Everyone's different. We have some that are way, in my opinion, way better than others. Is there a way that you coach your people to go about communicating this? Because I know that there are folks, and Beth brought this up, that are very... uh, I don't know if the word is concerned, but like they see what else is out there as a provider. And they're like, dude, that other person is like saying some wild shit or doing some wild shit. Do you coach people to like, hey, don't worry about that. Mind your business and do what you can to do. Or what do you, how do you coach people on uh, really highlighting what they do and how perhaps they are, you know, perhaps different than like massage envy? Right. Well, you know, the, it, it really, this is what ties into that authenticity because I can only coach you what I've done. And what I've done was I was so focused on, you know, um, making small changes that had bigger impacts in my business and focusing on client retention instead of client acquisition that I literally did not look, I didn't have time to look up. And even if I did, yeah. I don't, I don't think I had the brain capacity to dissect what I was looking at or what I was seeing in another yeah. business to see how I can apply it or what was working, what wasn't working. It didn't matter. Um, it didn't matter what they were charging. It mattered like, well, what do I need to charge? 
because this mm-hmm. is my lifestyle. These are my bills, yeah. right? Um, this this is this is my structure. This is my business, um, and so it's. It's hard not to 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 look at other businesses and see what they're doing. I get that, you know, but the reality is I'm like when when you start honing in on on your people and your business and shaping it to what you want it to be and and shaping it around yourself and like your strengths, um, you won't have the bandwidth to be out there comparing yourself. Yeah. You really don't because there's so much more to improve upon within your own business um, and, and to bring more value to your own people. Uh, the list, the to-do list and, and all the creativity, the, all, all the creative ways that you can do that is like endless. I tell people all the time, I said, the quickest way to six figures was it increase, increase your, um, your customer service. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> increase Absolutely. your customer service to the clients That's that you it. already have. That's it. Yeah. That's it. There's such a push to look outward, look outward, look outward. And it's like, but what's right ahead of you? What's right around you? It's immediately in front of you, whether that's your own shit that you got to deal with or the clients that you're currently working with. Like, what can you do with them? How can you serve those? Yeah. You know, they're always looking at like, you know, all these multiple streams of income. And I was like, look at the one stream you have. Is it streaming or is it dripping? Because you don't want multiple drips. What's that supposed to do? You're just spreading yourself thin, you know? And a lot of times, like, you know, you might have uh, the digital aspect of your business might come about as you're focusing more inward on what you have, because you're going to see what your existing clients may want or need. And then you can create something that does make sense for them. Dude, um, that's going to be the teaser. I just wrote down that timestamp because I'm like... <laughs> You don't want multiple drips. <laughs> <laughs> we want the stream to stream. You know what I'm saying? That is so good. <laughs> that is so, so good. That's so, so good. Q, I'm, I'm cognizant of the time. I got a few more questions and then I'm going to let you go. But oh, it's multiple drips. With, with this, if we want the stream to be streaming yeah. and we're looking at our current situation, what... Uh, if it may be tactical advice or how you coach your clients in this, there is a, a need to do market research. Like what is the average rate? What are like, what can my, my environment, my local environment, cause it's an in-person business. Like let's, let's take a step back from online yeah. in person. The market's going to be a certain way based on where you live and every place is different. So what advice do you give to folks in terms of looking at what is currently going on so they can start, you know, as a foundation and then they can, bring their authenticity and such. Right. So when I was mentioning about, you know, um, putting more effort into your customer service that came about from when I do market research is I go out into my community and I I book sessions with these people because I was like, if, if clients aren't seeing me, what are their options? Right. If I'm booked out, what are their options? So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm searching for myself. Like I want to find like a massage therapist or I want to find a trainer or whatever the case. So I'm going out there and I'm experiencing, and it, there's some humbleness that comes to that because I think sometimes when we're so caught up in our business, we forget what it's like to be new again. Yeah. Um, and so I'm coming in new. And so I'm taking note of like how I'm being treated, like what my questions are as a new person. Sometimes I'll come into a room and there's like, okay, well, you know, go ahead and set your things down. You can change this, the music to whatever you like. Da, da, da. And I'm looking at the room, like there's no chair or anything. So I'm like, so where do I put my thing? Like on this shelf? They're like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, and how do I 
select the music? Is it, do I just speak it out yeah. loud? Is it Alexa? You know, <laughs> like, what do I do? Or sometimes I've gone to, I've gone to a, a new therapist and um, they're in the middle of a meal. And I was like, um, I'm two minutes early. <laughs> like, yeah. what's going on? Like, don't put your plate down or nothing, you know, like what the heck? Um, sometimes yeah. and then when I'm doing market research and I'm looking at, um, uh, like people's rates and things like that. I'm also looking at their scheduling system. Like how booked are you really? Uh, right. Cause I'm like, you're charging okay. this money. And I was like, and you got all this availability. Yeah. Yeah. It's so not I don't know if it's the rate or you, but we're about to find out. And so I'll book the session, <laughs> yes. you know, yes. and just see for myself. And then that way, the market research, you're coming away with more than your, than just the data you set out to learn, right? You're coming away with like, mm. you know, things that you can apply to your business, things that you, you know, maybe didn't think of things that you could, you know, ans answer questions for your clients or something that you can answer um, on your website that would have been helpful had you known this about this business, um, what you would have paid uh, to feel like, oh, that was a lot of value, what you would have paid that person that you, you felt comfortable with. Right. Mm -hmm. So, or maybe it was something like that. that you got and was like, wow, that was a whole lot more than what I anticipated. I would have paid this for that. Mm -hmm. So, and that's yeah. one way. And then on top of it, it also helps you like build your network. If, if it's a good match and you guys, you know, um, align on, you know, um, your approach, your treatment approach, that could be someone that you can add to your professional network. So it's so much yeah. more beneficial. Just go out there and, and see. That is such a different way of doing it. That I would never thought of. And I, do you tell them that you're a massage therapist? Like, do they ask? I do. Okay. Because oh. I want to, yeah, I want to see like, you know, how much, what, what does that do if I tell you? Cause I'm like, why should yeah. I have to lie to get a good yes. session? <laughs> Cause it, I'm like, if a client came to me, like I'm a massage therapist, like awesome. How's everything going? Where you at? Did I, and we, you know, but I also like give the respect of like, I still treat them like any other client. Like, I talk if they want to talk. I don't if they don't want to talk. I still run them through the whole like reassessment, whether they know what I'm talking about or, you know, or not. I don't want to assume like you're a client. I still treat them the same. And then I take note if I feel like that's what's happening for me. Dude, I want to I want to go with that for a second because this episode has been very much about uh, and the reason I you know reason I brought you on again is to help out other professionals. But there are plenty of consumers in this audience who are professionals, whether they're a massage therapist or a movement professional, whatever, they go to a massage therapist. Can you tell me what what would help you as a massage therapist have a better experience? What can I do as a client to have a better experience for you and therefore it makes a better experience for me? What's a good client doing? Um Really the basics, because the, the way the systems are set up, I mean, uh, the client is, you know, someone who um, shows up on time, um, good, someone, good, good. you know, who respects my time and communicates if there are any changes um, using the channels that's been listed um, in their mm -hmm. client confirmation or on the website. Um, a good client is someone who um, uh, communicates what it is that they're truly feeling, what it is that they want out of the session. Um that's honest about the history, you know, so that we can get a, a bigger mm -hmm. picture about that. Um, and, and a client who's just, you know, comfortable just being themselves. To me, that's the better client. Cause I was like, it's yeah. almost like interviews all the time. I'm like, of course you want to present your best self, but you also still want to be able to show your authentic self to truly see if this is a match. Totally. Right? Do you get offended if someone's like, that's too hard? No, not at all. I got to put it out there. Cause I know people are in here 
uh, listening and being like, I suffered through that massage because I didn't want to take oh up space. God. Yeah, it's so it's <laughs> and it's even as massage <laughs> therapist, like I've been a, I've been in that position where I was like, um, yeah, I got my ass kicked, I'm bruised. <laughs> you, you bruised me, <laughs> you, you know. And I was like, I'm gonna file a report. <laughs> Hold on, wait a minute. Um, yeah, it's it's I don't get offended, you know. Like my thing is like my ideal client is my old self. And so I, I, I love clients who, um, love my medium pressure. <laughs> right? yeah, I'm not totally. trying to sweat, but yeah. there's a fine line in like <laughs> communicating what's going on and then dictating the session. Gotcha. Right? Like, let me help you. Yeah. But if, if you wanted to do all this, then here, here's the massage gun. If that's what you were trying to yes. do, you know what I mean? Gotcha. There's yeah. that. And, and sometimes that just comes from a different place. It might just be, you know, they're just used yeah. to getting massages in places that cater to, um, cater to curating the environment and the session for mm-hmm. them. And that's fine. Um, yeah. but that's not with me. Hell no. That's not what you do. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's what, not do. what you do. I love it. It's like, I love that you started this episode off by saying about, you know, what's authentic to you. You have built a practice off of being authentic. And then the number one thing when you're coaching people is having them think to themselves, what is my authentic self? What is authentic for me to me? And building a business around that. Yeah. Like, I, I love that. I got, I got two more questions for you, Q, and then I'm going to leave you alone. Right. Okay. One question. The first one is, can you provide suggestions or ideas, or maybe you can just be like, that doesn't exist. Uh, for ways that if people want to provide value between sessions, if they want to have a different kind of, let's say you have a, the, there's a subscription or membership model. One type of it is that the person just is coming in for sessions and that's it. There's no need to have something else between the sessions. Mm-hmm. If someone did, right. And they've dug into this and they're like, why do I want to provide the value? Do I feel like I'm enough? But if they did want to be providing value between sessions, have you seen a model like that? Have you coached someone through do you have suggestions on that? Um, the things I've actually seen are from therapists who, you know, come from multiple multiple disciplinaries, you know, or that they can bring mm-hmm. to the table. Because a lot of times I'm like, um, uh, that's usually what supplements the in-between sessions. Um, yeah. But I've also done, um, I've tried all these different marketing things. And I've also done things where um, when I was first starting my, my practice, after, uh, after I see a client, during um, the wrap up part or the reassessment part, I also booking them for a follow up call, like the next day or the following day, to just oh. check in because I was just such yeah. a big advocate about doing things that other therapists weren't doing, but that was common still within healthcare. So, like you know, sometimes the doctor's office would call and follow up after a certain procedure, right? Just checking how you're doing. So I was like, hey, what yeah. happens if I just check in and see? Yeah. And it helped. It helped. When I did that, that helped me um, formulate um, a frequently asked questions uh, yeah. page. And so that it, I can send that out. I love that. Right. With their, with their follow-up emails or something like that. And just, I just learned how to automate that part because um, then I got to a place where like, it was hard for me to schedule the calls. Yeah, um, and then exactly. sometimes like they would forget or whatever, whatever. And so, but it, it did it was useful at the time. And that was, that's something yeah. I can think of. Like, if you don't have like, I love that. Skills to like bring to the table. You can just, like I said, you, you're just upping your customer service, really, right? You're just the, the clients that that um, meet the qualifications of who you feel is your ideal client. I was like, you are 
loving the hell out of them, right? You're rolling out the red carpet for these people. And the ones who don't fully align, you know, you may forget to rebook, right? (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, I've also had those clients where I was like, you know, like you said, like I want deeper pressure maybe or whatever. I'm like, what you what you want is is more of like deep tissue and not the work that I do. And um, I want mm-hmm. you to have what you need. And so, would you be open if I re- if I uh, provide you with a, a referral for someone who I think is better aligned? Yes, perfect. And I just go on Yelp and I find somebody under deep tissue and I give them that number. And yeah. that's really just because I'm like I don't want to be in your way of finding the right therapist for you because I can already identify you're not the right client for me. This is so. Good. I love that follow-up. And this ties back into earlier of like, do what you're currently doing and then look to do it better. Like you said, increase that customer service. I I had an appointment with something. I don't even remember what it was, but I do remember that they called the next day and I was like, what? Mm -hmm. This is amazing. Oh, you know what it was for? It's for Rupert. That's why I don't remember. I'm like, what the hell did I go to the doctor for? I never go. It was for Rupert. And they called the next day just to be like, we're checking in, see how he's doing. And I was like, I'm coming to you for the rest of my life. I'm never. And you remembered it. it. And that's what I was going for. So good. So good. And for, for you folks that, you know, you are starting off or you're not as busy, use that to your advantage, man. You have the time to do these things and to double down on your current people so they become lifelong clients and we get that stream streaming. We're not dripping. We're streaming. Yes. Streaming. That. No drips. Ah, no drips, <laughs> man. I just literally, I'm like seeing it in my mind. Like, yes, that you have so many drips people to get, to get rid of that. That is so, ah, this is all so, so, so good. Second to last question. I know I said that the last one was, but I was just <laughs> was I just thought of another one. Where do you see the profession going? Oh, I see the profession thriving. I mean, I'm trying to do my part. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I see the profession thriving. Like I said, my, my whole mission is to help elevate the massage profession. And I see that by, I, I see us doing that by helping other practitioners in our space thrive in their business. And the more of them that thrive, the more people are going to be helped and, and helped in a different way. And because, because we're all collectively, you know, changing this, the landscape of healthcare, imagine having a doctor who loves what they do, because unfortunately we've all experienced one who doesn't right. Imagine finding practitioners and clinicians who completely align with you and your lifestyle. And not only that, but like you would go and have coffee with these people. It changes everything. And that's why it's so important to be authentically yourself, to help yourself attract the right kind of clients for you. I said, because the dynamics that happen and the, the, um, the longevity uh, and how it, how it supports your career. It's just, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. So like you said, you know, a hands-on body work massage, um, in the business of helping people, that's not ever going to go anywhere. No. Oh man. Q, you bring, you, you always give me hope. You always <laughs> light up the room, but it's just like, yes, I love hearing this. And the whole episode was positive. There was no like, uh, you know, Debbie down, like there was nothing but Here's how we can change, you know, here's solutions. I God, people can get in their feel mode, but like, I'm, I'm always like, so what's the solution? What are we going to do? And that's all you did today. You brought solution after solution after solution. And just, it's just such a positive light on things. I, I totally agree, man. This is, I, I believe that anyone that's in the helping profession, the helping and the health, true health, not the like big pharma <laughs> health, I'm going to say, right? Like in the true health profession and wellness profession, 
there's only up from here. This Rona was a big eye opener for oh, people. Yeah. They went to bat for like, us. I, they were at dude, the steps. <laughs> big eye opener. Like I got to take care of my health. This is what's actually helping me. This is what I need. Run with this shit, people. Because no, it's not everybody. Of course, it doesn't matter. There are so many more people that that their eyes have been opened and they see the value. And it's not like you have to convince them of things. Now you just get to go and say, this is how I solve the problem for you. If I'm not the one, I can refer you to someone. But the people know they have these problems that they want, and they want to solve them. Yep. They are willing to pay to have them solved. So totally agree. And I love that you just always bring in the noise and the fire and the positivity. It's a fire podcast, man. I just had to match the energy. I love it. It's like, damn. All right, I got the last question for you, and then I'm going to leave you alone. Same question I always ask for everyone. Is there anything? Actually, Jesus, I keep lying. <laughs> Two questions. The first one is plug yourself. Where can they find you? How do they learn more? I keep forgetting, like, there are some people that haven't heard you on the podcast for the third time. So <laughs> plug yourself. Any coaching that you do, where can they find you? Find you on Instagram, find your website, and then I'll ask the final question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find me, kianathompson.com. That's Q I A N A T H O M P S O N.com. And on there, um, you're able to schedule a free breakthrough call with me. It's a free 30 minute call. Um, and I also have some freebies on there and um, also a, a sign up if you want to join the wait list for when my level up your massage business coaching program um, launches and we open enrollment, go ahead and sign up. That's going to be on the website page at the bottom there. Um, so look out for that. Love it. Uh, that will all be in the show notes. Thank you so much, Courtney. You're the best. Okay, now I'm the worst. Now the official. That was like literally seven questions. I was like, I have two more. Just kidding. <laughs> now the official final question. Is there anything that you would like to leave the people with? You've already given us so much, but anything else you want to leave or reiterate? Um, I think now is the time, you know, with COVID that we realize um, uh, how finite um, not only our lives, but our businesses can be. And I feel, you know, now is the best time than ever to, to truly hone in and just be completely yourself and, um, put up that red velvet rope policy and only do the things that you love to do that give you energy and only work with the people that you love to work with and that give you energy as well. Time, life is too short. Um, business is not meant for that. Your business is meant to help you thrive. And so let's do that. Let's thrive. Damn, mic drop. But I'm not going to drop it because this mic was really expensive, <laughs> but there's a mic drop right there. Just... Q, thank you. You always bring the noise, the fire. You are always just down to talk. I, I hit you up and I'm like, I, I want to talk to you. And you're like, let's do it. You just thank you for how you support me, how you show up for everyone, all that you're doing to elevate the entire profession. Just thank you. Awesome. All thank you. You know you're loved and adored mm -hmm. through and through. Because <laughs> it's just, ah. You're the best. <laughs> the best. The best. I got my arms. Know, for those who don't know, Shantae and I, Shantae is uh, my first cousin on my internet side. So we're really close. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I look so good. You folks listening, hope you enjoyed this one. Clearly, I had a blast. And we are both endlessly appreciative for every single one of you. We know you could have been doing anything and you took the time to listen. To this, even if you're not a massage therapist, I know there's people out here listening that you're like, this is interesting. So thank you for that. My only ask, 
for today is if you liked it, if you loved it, if you're picking up what we are putting down. Just kidding. I have two asks. Look at me. I'm going back. I got two asks. If you liked it, if you loved it, if you're picking up what Q is putting down, number one, go and show her some love. Go say hi. Let her know you love the episode, that you listened. Connection is everything. And then number two, share this with somebody who you think it could help. Let's elevate the entire conversation. Together, we rise. All right, officially wrapping it up. Until next time, friends, Q and Maestro. Bye.